We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I'm just going to grab a... Healthy breakfast. Are those gummy bears wrapped in a fruit roll-up? The nightcap. Breakfast burrito, but yeah. I pity your dentist. On WGR. Joke's on you. I don't have a dentist. Sports Radio 550. (laughs) Why do I not remember ever what that movie is from? It's not a movie. That's uh, why. What is it? It's a show. It's Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, okay. That's right. I, I recognize the voice. I never watched that show, though. Is that a good show? It's a, it's I mean, a good I got show. a lot of time to watch TV here, but <laughs> yeah, you know what? Everyone's got a everyone's got some time. If you uh, if you like comedy uh, and you like jokes about police work and detectives, I guess uh, if you're very specific about your comedy, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine mm. is a fantastic show. Andy Samberg kills it, and it's probably the most relatable thing, like in that open. Love, love Andy Sandberg. <laughs> and uh, if you're wondering, by the way, uh, we're D- D- Joe DiBiase, Derek Kramer here on the Nightcap. we got another hour here, so if you want to chime in on uh, our Bills division conversation, 8030550 is the number. I'm literally talking to you live from bed. Like, this is part of social distancing. I'm like, where am I going to set up? Where am I going to – I'm going to be talking to Derek all night. We're going to be talking Bills mostly. And, like, where do I want to do this? The couch, you know, the desk chair. That's probably the best you would think in terms of sitting up and being alert. But I'm like, I'm going to sit up in bed. Why not? Like, it's comfortable. Like, it's yeah, I'm all here all by my lonesome. Like, uh, it's, it's isolated. I'm going to go for it. And uh, I just tweeted out a picture. So I had a couple of people asking me what my setup was like at home. So uh, you can go see that there uh, on, uh, on uh, at SneakyJoeWGR on Twitter. And your phone Anyways. just went off because uh, WGR550 retweeted your tweet. <laughs> oh, great. I don't <laughs> that's, usually that's don't get uh, I literally know I what usually, happened there. I usually don't get Twitter notifi- uh, notifications, so I don't do that. Are you at that point? I know where, you know, like, Sal's got a million followers. Sal's got, like, 100,000. Uh, me and you, like, we, we got a good amount of followers, but we're not crazy like that. You Are you have... at a point where, you're, like, you've turned no, off you... notifications on your phone for Twitter? Because I th- thought I had done that. Buddy, you've got, like, almost four times the followers I do. So I'm nowhere near your, even your level. So I mean that's really all the Aikman thing though. Yeah, so. It is, but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I'm talking straight numbers. You are definitely farther on the uh, scale than I am. I'm just the yeah. uh, utility player here, so people don't uh, know who I am. 
No, <laughs> <laughs> um, just hey, if you just annoy a Hall of Fame quarterback just enough, <laughs> then uh, maybe who who do who do you think is right for the taking here? Who's the next Hall of Fame quarterback that we think is on the verge of just like saying something uh, totally lame, uh, like Troy Aikman did? Who who could be offended easily? Terry Bradshaw, maybe. What do you think of that? Terry Bradshaw's very like happy-go-lucky though. I'm not sure he. Yeah, would I don't be the think Bradshaw would be the guy for it. It's gonna Favre? be. Mm, no, he's make done, fun of his interceptions. But he's literally got like he was literally the record holder for everything at one point. So yeah, even the interceptions. So if you try to trash that, it's like yeah. So and also the Bills have kind of the uh, spitting image mentality in Josh Allen right now. A mentality. I I have to double. Like I have to make clear that that it's the mentality. It's the. I don't know if I should throw it. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it. <laughs> you know who the guy to pick on here actually is. It's uh, it's Bob Greasy. Bob, Bob Greasy. I, I, I'm not sure he's on social media. I'm not sure he's on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. Listen, there. listen to some of the things about Bob Greasy. The man won a Super Bowl, and look, he won a Super Bowl. Great. I'm a guy in Buffalo, so I shouldn't talk, right? But he won a Super Bowl, and he gets credit for that. In that Super Bowl, beating the Vikings in 1974, he was six for seven for 73 yards in the game. Like, come on. And the game before, to make it there, he was 3 of 6 for 34 yards and an interception. So some of these old-timers, man, like they just didn't even know how to play quarterback back in the day. I mean, okay, Um, if you have Franco Harris. That's your target. You have Franco Harris in your backfield. You're just handing him the football anyway. So, like, wait, I got my – it was the wrong one. You just got Larry, those mixed up. I think Larry Sanka of, uh, is Larry the Zonka. one. Yeah, that Larry, you got Larry Sanka in your backfield. You're just handing him the football, so it's okay. So, uh, yeah, I got my names mixed up. Don't kill me, older fans and listeners. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's, that's Franco why Harris is going to come after you now. No, you know what? That's why I don't have followers, because I screw up my references. <laughs> Franco <laughs> Harris, Larry Zonka. Yeah, they're the same. I honestly didn't bat an eye before you uh, started to correct yourself. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very responsible about checking myself. Why? Because then no one else can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly on Jadavian Clowney, and then we'll get into the quarterback picture around the league. Um, Mick Mixon. Great name, by the way. Carolina Panthers play-by-play man. He's going to be our interview of the day. He'll be a little bit later on in the hour here. Looking for your calls, 803-0550. <laughs> the report from Diana Rossini is that Davian Clowney is looking for a contract that will pay him $20 million per season. There was a report earlier in the day that there was disappointment from Clowney's camp that there are not a, 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 a bigger slew of offers close to that out there. And... I, like the Bills are noteworthy for this. I mentioned this in the first hour, but the Bills were a team that had every reason to go chase a guy like Jadavian Clowney, right? Like if I'm Clowney and I'm looking for a team to either drive up my price or to give me a big contract, isn't Buffalo the perfect spot because they have the most cap space in the league or they were close to it going in. They don't they have a big hole at pass rusher, big hole at defensive end, and like that's where I'm going to go get my 20 million bucks, right? And by all accounts, I mean, Clowney's sitting out here. Maybe the Bills made an offer. They very well could have. But it seemed like they got to Mario Addison pretty quick in the, early in the process here. So maybe that's indicative of what the market is on Clowney. And, like, I don't know what your thoughts on him. Like, I don't think he's an elite, you know, historically good pass rusher. Like, maybe he was built up to be in the draft. But he's one of the best run-defending defensive ends in the league. And he's also very good as a pass rusher. And I'm kind of stunned that nobody's lined up to give him $20 million. Like, that's not – it's a big number. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you're paying Amari Cooper the same thing? I think Jadavion Clowney's worth every penny Amari Cooper is. 
I was taking care of other things. I've missed almost of all what you said. <laughs> you're, we, you're had, okay. we had a caller. I had to screen it like a good producer should. So uh, I missed entirely what you just said. This, this, that, that's okay. This is <laughs> this is part of the whole process here. Is in fact uh, the way that we're doing this. Um, in the past, the way that we're doing this setup is that there's been a delay. Uh, it happened a couple of times with Mike Hyde uh, for for nowhere for one. So I'm actually glad that it wasn't that. I'm glad that it was just you weren't paying attention. You were doing your job, by the way, and <laughs> taking calls um, rather than it being a delay and being a tech issue. Because this has been a great setup. Again, I want this to work. I am laying in bed. Like, I want this to work. So I'm actually very happy that's the reason. But no, I was I'm just not doing your saying, job for you. Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back there. Uh, I was basically saying, like, I'm kind of surprised that there hasn't been a team in free agency been willing to to, to throw $20 million to Jadavian Clowney. I think he's worth it. Yeah, I he is worth it, I think. And really, I'm I'm also, though, not shocked that he's not getting the market that he was expecting because of the fact that Jadavion Clowney is still not as consistently that dominant force that would command the money that he's looking for. So I think that there's an interesting little push-pull with Jadavion Clowney. But then you see the money that was thrown around, like, mm. for Leonard Floyd for one year getting $13 million, or Robert Quinn getting a boatload of money. Like, Shaq Lawson got 10 a year, I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, yep. So, Shaq Lawson got three years, $30 million. Yeah, so it's not, it's not like... Jadavion Clowney isn't worth those prices or more. It's just teams are trying to make sure that they spend a little more wisely, and if they're going to break the bank on Jadavion Clowney, they need to know that, A, he's going to be healthy and available all the time, and, B, know that that investment's going to be there for you, and you're not going to want to go too long-term on a player like that. So it really is mm. an interesting dynamic with Clowney, but I do think that dynamic pass rushers are something you need to pay a premium for sometimes, and Clowney at his best, is that. The problem is, is that it's not there every day. And teams are trying to, it looks like, be a little more responsible on the potential bust signings. Do, do you think that there's a number that he would come... If, if what At what point, or is there no point to you, that if his market is that dried up, that the Bills would go, yeah, we'll give you this, and we'll, we'll bring you in? Like, it's, Do you think the Bills could still be in play for him if the market is so bad that they could get him really cheap? Like, if, what would that number be for you? If the market's bad enough and he ends up like, if he ends up with an offer where the Bills can match it, where, say, it's on par with Shaq Lawson's per year salary, mm -hmm. I would try to throw a two or three year deal his way and see if I can get him for $10 million a season and see if that is something that I can pull off. That's tricky. We don't know if that's going to be there for him and if he would accept it. But that would be, that would be my absolutely swing for it. You're in the neighborhood of, say, yeah. even like $12 million a season, and you're looking at a two-year deal. It's not the amount that I'm looking at per season. It's the term. I, I, I was going to say, I like that. It's like a, I almost don't even mind bringing him in on a one-year prove-it deal. Remember what Elshon Jeffrey did yep. a couple years ago for the Eagles before he got his big contract? He signed a one-year deal to play with Carson Wentz, a good quarterback, to up his value and then cash in thereafter. And, like, he was a guy, he could have got a big deal back then, but he wanted a bigger one. And if that's what Clowney wants, if he really wants that $20 million a year deal and nobody's out there to give it to him, then with the Bills sitting with, I, I don't, I think it's just over $30 million, right, that they still have mm -hmm. uh, in terms of cap space. Um, let me just get that exact number real quick. They have, yeah, $32 million in cap space as of right now. And you'll have draft picks assigned to, so you don't have all of that. But 
I'm just thinking, like, what if the Bills made a pitch? Because they could still use him, couldn't they? Like, Trent Murphy, you save $8 million on your cap if you cut him. And that's a move I think that's a no-brainer. I think you have to make that move at some point. So that's $8 million freed up even more. Now I'm talking they've got $40 million in cap space, which is, by the way, more than most teams had coming into free agency. Could I not make a pitch to Clowney? Like, hey, man, we got one of the best defenses in football, and you're going to come here, and you're going to be a part of that. You're not going to get double teamed because we've got Mario Addison on the other side, and maybe we'll have Jerry Hughes on the other side sometimes too, who's also a great pass rusher. You're going to come here. You're going to get big numbers because nobody's going to double team you because they can't afford to double team you. You're going to be a part of one of the best defenses in football, and we'll give you a one-year deal for $16 million, $17 million. Like, even if the money is higher, the Bills can afford that on a short-term basis. And, again, you would need the market to dry up almost, like, a lot, I think. And you would need Clowney to want a deal like that. But I don't want to completely close the door on him as an idea for the Bills. I'd like to find... I'm trying to find a creative way to get him here because I think he's a hell of a player. And I do think they could still use a a, a number one defensive end. Mario Addison's very good, but he's 33 and he's more of a a short-term fix to me. Yeah, and again, I think that Clowney would need a shorter deal as a prove-it sort of thing, so I don't know if he would necessarily be a long-term answer either. So that's why I think that it's kind of unrealistic at this point, no matter what kind of value I could try to bring him in on. It's just really looking like almost like the Christian Kirksey situation, where, yeah, I would love to have this player, but you know that there's better situations out there for him than being in Buffalo when it comes to snaps and the role he'd be able to play. Yeah. 803 is the phone number. All right, let's look at some of the quarterback uh, moves around the league that have happened so far. So what's your thought on Nick Foles and the Bears? I, to me, I tend to think that uh, I, I think Trubisky maybe holds on to that job to start the year. But, I mean, last year, w- weren't they thinking about maybe going to Chase Daniel? Like he was injured and then he wasn't injured. And then Trubisky said he was ready to go back in and they hid behind the injury as maybe a reason to get a look at Chase Daniel. And fans were at one point chanting for Chase Daniel. Like how sad is it? How uh, You never want to be in a place where you're chanting for Chase Daniel to be your quarterback. But the Bears fans got to that point. Um, what uh, had, I, to me, my guess is that Trubisky is going to start the year there. Foles gets in there, and that's the end for Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Now, I feel like this is actually an indictment on two teams here with this trade. It is an indictment on the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky and what looks like the flop of trading up in the draft by a spot to take Trubisky instead of ending up on Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes and uh, really kind of just having egg on your face at this point. The Jaguars signed Nick Foles to a big contract. And they're eating dead cap just to get rid of that contract now and are riding with Gardner Minshew, maybe, as their starter. And it just, it really looks like a pair of teams that did not handle the position properly and they're kind of getting desperate with their moves. So, in the Jaguars, again, selling off another piece for a lower to mid round pick. So, this is just, it's looking kind of asinine for the Jaguars. They're in almost full teardown mode. And they are going to look like a shell of a team that was just a couple of years ago in the AFC Championship game and had New England dead to rights. Yep. So the Bears are interesting right now. I thought they were going to try to do better. I thought Dalton would have been a better answer for them. Um, that's two guys, by the way, now. David Johnson. Uh, I mean, maybe it was just Bill O'Brien that had this, but this thought. But he actually had value, apparently. And he wasn't a guy that was. Remember, we were. We were thinking about him for the bills like we'll take a second round pick to take david johnson um 
apparently he was able to land DeAndre Hopkins. So he had value way too much because Bill O'Brien's a dope. And then in Chicago, <laughs> Nick Foles was a guy yeah. that we talked about for the Bills. Like, yeah, the Bills, is that a terrible idea? I thought about it too a couple weeks ago. Take Nick Foles on, get a draft pick, make him your, for doing it, uh, make him your backup quarterback, release him after the year when the dead cap figure is, is much lower, and we'll go from there. And, like, nope, Chicago thinks he's worth a fourth-round pick even at 20-whatever million dollars. So it's weird how the trade market's worked out that way. Um, we've already talked extensively about New England and their quarterback situation, but and they could be an answer to this. I doesn't it seem more and more likely that either Winston or Newton's not going to have a starting job at the beginning of the year? Like, are there enough openings left? I would have told you the Chargers maybe, but it seems like they're just going to go with Tyron Taylor. Yeah, the Chargers are interesting, but they're also picking at six. So I don't think they're just straight up going with Taylor. I, they may be doing it for like the first half of this season, but I suspect sure. that they might be taking. Herbert and going from there, or they may try to beat I think, Miami I think, for a play on Tua. Yeah, and I think if New England wants to go with either Stidham or rookie or wait it out for next year, I'm I'm having a hard time finding a starting job for Newton or or Jameis Winston. And like, isn't that crazy to think about that those two guys, as talented as they are, are maybe going to be out of starting jobs? Winston doesn't surprise me at all. At all. The man, look, Josh. Which is funny because he led the league in passing. (laughs) Josh Allen made a really dumb decision in the playoff game. I mean, heart-stoppingly, pants-crappingly stupid. Everyone either had a heart attack or they pooped themselves when he tried to flip the ball up in the air with a minute left to play. And just he acted like there were seven seconds. So, saying Mm -hmm. that, watching a really dumb thing happen. Jameis Winston has to be one of the least intelligent quarterbacks in the National Football League. I, oh man, I, I, I tweeted this last night. I don't know, man. Like, I he think had the Bills fourteen window... picks dropped. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, he. Winston's not the surprising one to me. I think it's nobody taking a shot at Newton if he's healthy, and maybe this is just the fact that he's not healthy. Yeah. Um. But man, like I, I wonder if they would think about Cam Newton as the backup. I wonder if they would have no. enough confidence in their team to not get sucked in to what would happen probably in the media and the fan base. Because again, this team's window to open is or to win is right now. And if Josh Allen falters at all during the season, it could be a. I mean, you could have a guy that you could turn to that they're familiar with that's made it to a Super Bowl that, hey, could take you to a Super Bowl. And again, I don't think they're going to do it, and I think this is probably a crazy idea, and it's probably not even a very good idea. It's, you're but right. You're crazy, and it's not I'm a good already, idea. I'm already, but I'm already thinking about <laughs> next year. I'm thinking about, like, if Josh Allen does not live up to snuff, if he does not come further in his development this season, then I'm going to be in in on the side of things where I need a new quarterback because I have a team that could win a Super Bowl if they have the right guy in place. And if Allen's not that guy, then I need a new one. And I'm not saying Cam Newton is that guy. I've actually not been a big fan of Cam Newton in his career. I think he's kind of been overhyped and overrated. I think he had one MVP season, and otherwise he's been a slightly above-average quarterback. But if that guy is not able to find a roster to sit on, then I might be intrigued just because, hey, man, if Allen falters or if he gets injured like he did two years ago, or last year we had that scare, like I don't want to miss an opportunity with this roster. That's what it is for me. I just don't want to miss an opportunity to win with this roster, and I am a little worried about what the quarterback could be coming into year three. Like I have confidence 
that he could be very good, but I, 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 I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to think about it at least a little bit. I, I, I don't think that it's not wrong to have big dreams, Joe. It's not. But I don't think it's responsible for several reasons. One of them being the pressure that it puts on Josh Allen to be better. And sometimes that pressure is not something that is responded to properly. And there's a faltering of the player because of the fact that there is such a high-profile player backing him up. The second one being Cam Newton would not be ready to accept that role yet. Not at all. I'm thinking that he is but going is to— Is he not going to sit in the team then? You think he just doesn't play then? I just don't Because think... I don't know who he starts for. Who does he start for? New England's an answer. But that's like the only answer. I don't, I don't know if there is another one. It's and not I, the if only answer. New England answer. wants to go with Stidham— I wouldn't think it's the only answer at all. I think that there are several teams that you can look at and go, okay, maybe there's something there that we can go ahead and pursue Cam Newton. The thing is, and here's the difficult part, I don't think teams are ready to give up anything premium for Cam Newton. And that trade value in the Carolina Panthers are going to have a tough decision that they're going to have to make. Maybe, maybe that's New England's plan, by the way. If I'm Belichick, that's maybe what I'd be doing. I'd be telling Carolina... Like, hey, like, I think you're right. There's teams where maybe Newton could go there, like like the Chargers, for instance, and he could compete for a starting job and maybe win it. Um, but if I'm New England and I'm a team that Carolina's trying to call the trade for, I'm like, why am I going to give you anything? Why am I going to do that? Because uh, he's going to get released otherwise because you're not keeping it because you basically already said, thank you, Cam Newton, for your years of service on your on your Twitter account. So you're not keeping him. Um and you're just going to let him go, and who's really my competition? Like, I can offer Cam Newton the starting quarterback spot on the New England Patriots. Who is he passing that opportunity up for? Like, it, he, everyone's got a guy. The Chargers are an interesting answer. It, and again, though, that, wouldn't that be like an open competition? Like, no. I, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm not picking the Chargers over New England. I'm, you would be right about that, but if the Chargers... and Because the thing is that he's looking for a trade. He's not a free agent, so he doesn't really get to truly choose his destination because he can look at New England, and in New England go, nah, we don't want him. We can see, but that, though... But that, I'm saying... I'm just spitballing I'm options based on teams. I'm saying if he doesn't get teams. traded. If he doesn't get traded... Okay. Yeah, but here's the thing. If he doesn't get traded, yeah, he's a free agent. He gets to look at these things, but I would say right now, though, that's not under his entire control. That's where I think that there's an interesting little setup here. And I think one of the biggest things you got to look at is, well, the Chargers would be an interesting team because they have weapons. Yeah. I, would, I would be more privy to going there for my production's sake and for the fact that the Chargers do have a relatively solid roster. So it's not like mm -hmm. the worst option in the world. You could beat out Tyrod Taylor. Otherwise, you are cooked, and then maybe he is going to have to accept reality. But if I'm Cam Newton right now, I can look at that and go, I could beat Tyrod Taylor, and then I could throw to Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. And I'd have Austin Eckler out of the backfield. It's not Christian McCaffrey, but it's not bad either. So I would think the Chargers would be a very enticing piece there. Miami could be one if they want to bring Tua Tagovailoa on slowly if they were to draft him, for example. Yeah. So that would be a nice what, little what about bridge. What what about what about Washington for this? What about Washington for this? I don't know. I, like, I don't know. Man, like, they're they're, they're not tied to Haskins. Fire. They're not tied to Haskins. I think they should draft Tua. That's what I think they should do. But to me, if they were to draft Tua, is Dwayne Haskins sticking around there? Or are they going to do the Josh Rosen thing and trade him? That's what I think they should do. That, but even if they draft they Tua, I might think right. But if if you draft them, you trade Haskins, right? And you bring in a veteran like yeah. Cam Newton. That's what I think. That's what I think they should do. And I don't want to. I don't want to put it by them to do it. Like Ron Rivera is not tied to Dwayne Haskins. He's obviously been with Cam Newton, so he knows what he's working with there. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might want to find odds on this. I would might want to bet against Dwayne Haskins starting week one for Washington. You know who would be another team that you got to spitball here? Denver. Yeah, Drew Locke. But Drew Locke was better than Haskins last year, wasn't he? I know, but Cam Newton would be an interesting option for Denver. Sure. That's I, would, right. I would say Denver is one yeah. that I'm not dismissing. The Chargers is not a team I'm going to dismiss in this one. Indy, if they're really not sold on Phillip Rivers, could be a wild card in all of this. Jacksonville looks like they're just selling off everything and going into the tank. There's not a hmm. lot of options. You are right about that. But the biggest thing about this being that if the Carolina Panthers are not willing yeah. to eat dead cap, there's not many options to begin with. Yeah, and for Jameis Winston, again, like I think we kind of agree on this, I think. like If I'm a team that still needs a quarterback, like if I'm New England, um, I think I'm taking Cam Newton right now over Jameis Winston. And, 100%. Uh, and I think that Winston's good. Like We all talked about coming into this thing that, hey, there's going to be a couple guys that are left without dance partners. There are going to be a couple guys that don't get starting jobs. And funny enough, it's the number one and number two overall pick from the, uh, is it the 2015 draft that Winston and uh, Mariota end up getting picked? Well, Mariota's at least got a team. He's got a chance to compete if he's going to Oakland. I mean, excuse me, Las Vegas now. Oh, that's going to throw Right, but most off. likely, but I think mo- that is 2015, by the way. Most likely, though, I think you're going to have the number one and number two pick from that draft end up starting the year as backup quarterbacks. I, I, yeah. Even if it's not, I think it's at least uh, it's at least a good chance that that's going to happen if yeah. uh, Derek Carr sticks around in Vegas. I think so, too. And again, you know who's the team? You know who's the player that I really think is going to end up without a dance partner? It's going to be a really sad part of his career. Philip Rivers. I don't think Indy sold on him. I don't think that he's going there. I'm not sure Philip Rivers is going to be signed. It, this is an interesting oh, little it, predicament for no, him. No, it's and he looks. It's out there, right? He's he looks cooked. Rappaport is tweeting though that he's going to go there on a one year deal, isn't he? I mean, I haven't seen yeah, any. any uh, Rappaport twenty five million dollars. That really? was yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, Rappaport as the Colts going. Getting Rivers on a one-year deal for uh, for twenty five million, so he's he's got his team. He's gonna right. indeed. I'm not I, like I'm a little surprised about that. I I, I, I mean I think I think I agree with you that he I think he shot, but I feel like he should be one of the players a, that doesn't have a dance partner at the end of this. He sh- he should be. You're right. If I'm the Colts, I'd rather have probably Winston or Newton. I'd rather um, have Brissett. Not that. Uh, I'm not big on Brissett, man. I don't I don't love Brissett. He's he's too he's too. Um, uh, too, too game manager, game managery. I, yeah. I don't like him. Yeah, I, I don't think he stretches the field, the ball down the field enough. All right, uh, we went over a lot of the quarterback picture in the league right there. We'll continue to do so with the with the Bills in mind as well in terms of free agency. We didn't get into running back. We're going to do that when we come back. Melvin Gordon still on the market. A lot, of, most running backs still on the market. Devontae Freeman, I haven't seen going anywhere. Um, I guess uh, Matt Breida is going to be put a second round uh, tender on him. So he's available. You would have to give a second round pick, but he's still an option. There's a lot of options for uh, the for the Bills at running back, and they will be having to add probably behind uh, Devin Singletary. Devin, Robbie Anderson, by the way, still available as well. So we'll get into the running back position when we return. Mick Mixon, Carolina Panthers play-by-play man. All knows all about all these former uh, Panthers that are coming through the door uh, to join Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and the uh, and the Buffalo Bills for next season. So we'll uh, hear from him as our interview of the day in a little bit as well. Jody Biasi and Derek Kramer here on the Nightcap on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. 803-0550 is the phone number if you're looking to get in before our interview of the day. Mick Mixon. Hell of a name. Mick Mixon. Carolina Panthers play-by-play man was on with Howard and Jeremy this morning. We'll get to that in a little over uh, 10 minutes. Um, Derek, do you have a list of things that you're looking to watch now that it's uh, you can't really go out anywhere anymore? Honestly, hot take, I'm not watching many shows. I, uh, what? First off, movies? First movies? Off, first off, I'm a gamer. Um, I'm a dork in that sort of way. Okay, so that's fine. There's uh, there's some new stuff coming out that uh, I'm definitely excited for. And I mean, super geek alert. There's a uh, sequel to a Dreamcast game that has finally been announced. So back when the Sega Dreamcast was a thing, they made a sequel to that game. Mm-hmm. It's called Fantasy Star Online. So yes, I'm a total nerd. I'm not ashamed. And the other thing is I have a bass guitar in my room and i'm trying to pick that up and learn some songs there so so it's video games and bass guitar when i'm not here now because you and brayton are not here frequently (laughs) anymore i yeah i feel i feel as though uh like this is in a way like obviously nobody wants this to be happening like this this pandemic that's going on with covid19 like like it's something that's unprecedented uh, in everybody's lives in in the last long t- last what what fifty years like you go back a hundred years really the Spanish flu in uh, 1918 is maybe the last thing you get to here yeah this thing but, is booty cheeks I don't like what's it. What's interesting? Yeah, but at the same time there is if you're looking trying to find any sort of positive, it's that I think that like maybe we're gonna realize some things in life that we don't necessarily need, and also it's it's a time to like learn new things and like ca- like watch new things. But I think learn new things is more important here. Like the fact that like you're doing bass guitar. Like I'm not a very musical person, but like I'd love to use this opportunity if I had like a foundation already built in to like get better or learn more about like instruments like that. So like, I know um, like Bulldog plays the guitar and I know like you've got the bass guitar. Like I'd be in on that. So like, I, I like that. I like that. It's a good idea. Cause I'm just like, I'm over here like, yeah, I'm just going to watch, uh, I'm going to catch up. <laughs> never seen a Harry Potter. I've never seen a Harry Potter, Harry, uh, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter movie. <laughs> Harry Potter. I mean, that's what it is to me. It's Harry Potter. Honestly. Um, but like I'm probably gonna watch all the Harry Potter movies. I'm going to if there's any other classic movies. I know Mike Shope was touting Tootsie yesterday. I don't think I'm getting to Tootsie, but uh, you know, like classic movies and stuff I haven't seen before. Like now's the time to catch up. I think. You know what? I, I heard a suggestion, and this was a caller that I, I took here. So I mean, Buzz in Buffalo's got a suggestion on something that you would like, Joe. All right, Buzz, Buzz go ahead and hit him with it. Hey, what's up, guys? Good, uh, good evening. How you doing? Good. How are you? 
I'm great. Um, yeah, I do. I have a really good suggestion and something to watch. And I know, uh, I know, Joe, you're you're a fight fan. And uh, yep. I'm 50 years old in June, so I, I grew up with Muhammad Ali. You know, it was I mean, it was awesome. And he he was like when I was five years old, like, he was my hero. And um, there's a documentary that was produced around 2000 um, that's based on the rumble in the jungle in Zaire between Foreman and Ali and the lead up to the fight. And a uh, okay. documentary won an Oscar for the best documentary, actually. And um, it's called When We Were Kings. Have you heard of it? I haven't heard of it. I saw the HBO documentary. I think it's called What's My Name that came out last year on uh, Muhammad Ali. But w- When We Were Kings? Yeah, When We Were Kings. And basically what, what it was is um, before the lead, the lead up to the fight, <clears throat> there was a music festival where like James Brown and mm-hmm. all these groups, like everyone went to Africa. And they were going to have a, this huge music festival. And a, a crew went out there to make a documentary about the music festival. And then when Ali got there, a, a, like a few weeks before the fight, he took over the whole continent. Uh, the whole continent loved Ali. They all hated Foreman. And they turned the documentary into not just the music festival, the lead up to the fight. And then at the end of the documentary, they show the whole fight, which is a tremendous fight, by the way. Absolutely tremendous. So mm-hmm. it's two and a half hours long, maybe a little more. And, uh, dude, watch it. Just watch it. I mean, they, they, they had to bribe the president of Zaire. They almost moved the fight to another country. The government was corrupt. I mean, it's, it's mm. really, really, really interesting. And Don King put on the event. So Don King's in it. You know, Muhammad Ali, James Brown. Like, dude, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's totally yeah. worth two and a half hours of your life. You, you'll, you'll thank me for it, I promise you. And uh, Buzz, th- go ahead, go ahead. And then I have, I have one story about chickens. Okay, so I used to live in California, <laughs> in Northern California, in the Bay Area, in, the, in uh, the wine country up there. I'm a winemaker, and I lived okay. on a property. It was about three acres, and it, uh, it was all fenced in with seven-foot deer fencing, and we had a little vineyard in the front yard. I lived, the people who own the property are super rich, and I, owned, I, I lived in this little uh, studio cottage at the top of the hill, and we had chickens. We had a coop of about 10 chickens generally, and the coop was up near my house. I didn't have to take care of them. First of all, they're dirty as all hell, but um, they're kind of cool. They're interesting. And we, I used to sit at dusk, and my only job is I had to clo- close the door to the coop when they, when they would come in. I'd open it in the morning. They'd come in in the evening, close the door. Well, I used to sit out on my porch with my girlfriend, or if I had anyone over to the house, we'd bet on, on what chicken would get in the coop first. There were about 10 of them, you know. So the one day I'm out on my porch, it's dusk. Well, I had owls that lived in, in, on the property, too. There were two three-foot-tall gray barn owls. They were unbelievable. And they used to hunt in the vineyard in front of my house. And I'm sitting on my porch one day with my girlfriend, and the chickens are coming in because it's dusk. And we're betting on which one's going to win. I, I got the, the, the brown one. You got the white one, blah, blah, blah. And one of the owls come, just came down and swooped down and just picked up one of the chickens and flew away, and there was nothing but a little pile of feathers left. It was crazy. So, <laughs> wow. Dude, watch wow. <laughs> we, When we were kings, dude, when we were kings, watch it. It's okay. Crazy. You'll thank me. But, yeah, Buzz, thanks for the call, man. I am – I don't even think I've maybe – I've probably talked about it on air before, but the Muhammad Ali – George Foreman, Rumble in the Jungle, 1974, is my favorite sporting event of all time. Like, I have watched it probably four times in full. It's in full on YouTube, and I always watch it. And I didn't know this documentary existed, so I guarantee you I'm getting to that. And I, I, I wish Bad Buzz was still on the line. I'm like, would you ever have a chicken, though, in the house? Because that's more what I'm talking about. What a story, though. 
An owl swooping them up from the, is just the feathers. Still no. Don't get I a know, chicken in the house. No. What if you hey, have a cat? You never know. What if he's hungry? Uh, nobody wants a cat. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take a chicken over a cat any day. And I will take a chicken over a cat any day. There's yeah, the DiBiase so hot take. I'll, I'll take it. If that's the hot take of the night that I'd rather have a pet chicken than a pet cat, then uh, I'll, I'm accepting that. We're, we're Quickly, talking about uh, the Bills and being the favorites of the AFC, and uh, the right. chicken over the cat is the hot take today. Chicken over the cat. Right. That, isn't that amazing how far we've come? Um, quickly, before we get to a break, Melvin Gordon, yes or no, if uh, you could get him for uh, an inexpensive contract for the Bills? Honestly, at this point, no. He's Me not, too. I don't, I, don't, I don't really like I don't him. him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's that good. I don't want him. I don't think he's uh, he's a little overhyped. I always is, thought he was when he was drafted in the first round. Who's your best idea for backup running back? To me, it's not Matt Breida anymore because of the second round pick. I'm not gonna lie, and like Sal brought this up earlier, like I don't mind T.J. Yeldon just coming in as the number two. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. I really Devontae don't. Freeman, maybe Devontae Freeman probably is a good idea. I like that. Yeah, that is a good um, idea, but it's got to be by cost. Sure, or even like a, a rookie. Like maybe they use their second round pick on a running back. Who knows? Um, I don't know what the the top idea would be for that second round pick. Maybe it would be for running back. But uh, I digress. We'll we'll get a lot of time to build up to the draft to see uh, what they'll do with the second round pick there. We'll hear more about the Carolina Panthers guys that have come in: uh, Vernon Butler, AJ Klein, Mario Addison, and uh, all the rest of them that are on the team right now. And also what Carolina's doing. Teddy Bridgewater in the picture now. Cam Newton on the way out. Mick Mixon, Carolina Panthers play-by-play man, joined Howard and Jeremy this morning. That's our interview of the day. That's on the way next. It's Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Derek Kramer here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Derek Kramer here, and Joe DiBiase has been helping out from home. He may not be here, but he has been able to Help carry his show back on as usual. This dynamic duo will be back with you tomorrow night as well. But for now, well, the Bills brought in a couple of extra Carolina Panthers. Snark away if you must. But I think that it's a good time to get to know a couple of these players like Vernon Butler and Mario Addison. And Howard and Jeremy did just so with Mick Mixon, the Carolina players, Carolina Panthers play-by-play man. He was on this morning with Howard and Jeremy. We were joking about it. I should, let me run this idea by Mick Mixon. He is the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Panthers, and he joins us on the Western Hotline. Mick, it's Howard and Jeremy. Listen, um, we're thinking of putting you on regular retainer because there's always some kind of Carolina connection. Rather than just keep booking you piecemeal, would you want to just go work for us on a retainer basis? Well, if the financial markets keep doing what they have been doing, <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd be honored. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's see if we can't work something out. It's great hearing your voices, and I don't know how you guys feel. I'm not trying to export this sentiment, but it, here in the Carolinas, we view Buffalo as um, as a very important uh, NFL team. Our, our connection, our emotional connection with, with Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, so many others, causes us to root for you guys. I really thought, and I think I told you last time, I told Murph at training camp that I thought this was going to be Buffalo's moment in time. So... Um, how are you reading the tea leaves on uh, what's going on with uh, Mario Addison, Super Mario, and uh, some of the comings and goings here in the Carolinas? Yeah, that's where we wanted to talk to you about the latest additions. I, I think, Mick, up here, look, when the season ended, um, I think Bills fans were realistically looking at 2020 as 
finally there's a legitimate you can legitimately talk about the AFC East division from our perspective now and that's even if Brady stayed in New England with how they looked last year on offense I think that would have still been the discussion now that he's officially gone and he's in your division, um, I think yes, I think more than ever, Bills fans are, are are shooting for an AFC East title for good reason. Come this coming season, I just love that that defense. Just how salty uh, you guys are on D, and that's certainly going to continue. And I promise you this: Sean McDermott will get the very best out of whatever Super Mario has left to give, and it could be a substantial amount of productive football he's had. He's been known for this get-off, this burst off the edge. And he's a fantastic guy, tremendously active in the community. He will be a locker room positive force in in the most um, unnoticeable kind of way. I mean, he'll just fit in. He won't try to come in and and do a bunch of ropes courses and weenie roasts and ghost stories and, and campfire tellings, but he'll... He'll just fill some gaps and help tutor some younger guys while he's playing well himself, I predict. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, it, it, we, we kid, we make fun of it because there have been so many connections, starting with Sean McDermott, coaches, players, Brandon Bean as well, coming up from Carolina. But with Addison, Mick, I think the thing that does stand out is, you know, he passes 30, he's going to be 33 this fall, and he's had really productive, still having very productive seasons in terms of sacks. So, from an on-field standpoint, not necessarily the leadership, what are they? How much is left? What are they getting from Mario Addison? Well, he's a car guy. He's got about ten cars at last count, including a couple of sixty late sixties Camaros, a great big old truck, a big maroon truck. So, for one thing, you're going to get a carbon footprint up that way uh, when Mario moves in. The other thing you're going to get is a player who's not just a third and medium, third and long. Early in his career, he kind of had that, that tag as, as more of a one-dimensional, more of a whirling dervish coming off the corner and, and pressuring the pocket on passing situations. But he's worked hard to set a, a hard edge to support the run, to, to, to be a good tackler and, and, a, and a first and second down force as well. So I think you're going to be pleased with what you see. And also, he's fun to interview, so I can't wait to hear uh, Bill's fans learn to speak fluent Super Mario up there. What is fluent Super Mario? Well, you got to hang loose because he's, uh, he's liable to drop a... Uh, <laughs> he's liable to drop a, uh, some colorful language on you during an interview. And uh, and I, I love it about the guy. I mean, he's emotional. He's, he's, he doesn't duck reporters after tough losses he'll step into the breach and and talk and and offer up a window into the the underpinnings of the team you mentioned his leadership I want to ask you about that too because you know the Bills have seen a couple of key veteran leaders retire in the last couple years and Kyle Williams and Lorenzo Alexander and I was reading a story about about um uh, Mario's time down there, Mick, and it talked about Thomas Davis was a huge leader for that team, and Luke Keekley, I think most of us would think was a leader. What about that aspect of Mario Addison in terms of leadership and his impact on the room, so to speak? What will he bring with that? I can't think of a better. I mean, Thomas Davis was exceptional at that in in every way. Thomas Davis was one of those guys that could read, you know, he could read the menu to you in a in a Mexican restaurant. And you would just be leaning across the table wanting to hear every syllable. He just had that gift of 
being able to, to, to galvanize a room and, and just a commanding presence. And I put Mario kind of in that same category, although Mario picks his spots in, in a very intelligent way, but he's not scared. I mean, he's got the pedigree. He's, he's, he's driven the miles. He's lifted the weights. He's tackled the ball carrier. He's sacked the quarterback. He's done enough where he's got the confidence in himself and what he's accomplished now not to hesitate to help help um, help teach some other guys. I remember we had a defensive end. Panthers drafted a DN from from the state of Texas, and, and, and people were high on him. But he just didn't have the lead in his pencil. I mean, he was not in shape. He was hangdog during a rookie – or not a rookie minicamp, but an early uh, OTA. And I remember Mario coming over to him and just draping an arm around the kid, saying, don't let the coaches see you like this. Don't let them see you with on one knee looking like you had too much to drink last night. Man, you got to get it dieseled up and do better than this or you'll be gone. I just love how Mario kind of didn't mince words on that. He tried to help this young athlete. The um, uh, We're with Mick Mixon, by the way, Carolina Panthers play-by-play man here on our Western Hotline. What can you tell us about Vernon Butler? Vernon Butler, oh, my God, V-Butt. Well, let's see, an immense talent, an exquisitely talented athlete who has tended to, I say the knock on him would be that he, he, he just looks like he should make every single play because he, he can run. When he runs, he's got good form. You know, he's got sort of almost Olympic kind of sprinter's form when he runs. You see a lot of big, heavy guys when they run, everything gets all loose and jiggly, and, and it's just not a good look. But Butler's athletic, but sometimes he can disappear in games. Yeah. You feel like he maybe should be more productive. And then with the Panthers, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to say anything negative. I think the, just pull the tape up and you could see this, that there were a couple, a couple times in his Panther career where a, a poorly timed penalty, maybe, a, maybe he would lose his temper, he would retaliate. So I think that the marriage – of Vernon Butler and the Buffalo Bills coaching staff will, if, if there's any way to just to get the best out of this very talented athlete, I know Sean and company will, will squeeze every great play that, that's possible out of Vernon Butler. Well, and I'm sure they hope Eric Washington coming here and, and getting a job as line coach maybe would help in that, in that uh, situation. Uh, I think Eric Washington could, could run one someday. I mean, I think you've got a head coach. You got you got the kind of mediagenic, uh, savvy, knowledgeable, hard worker, charismatic coach that could someday become a branch of the Sean McDermott coaching tree that would bear even more fruit. Hey, one other thing I want to ask you about before we let you go, Mick, is what's going on down in Carolina. You were asking us about you know people up here. So Cam Newton is, I assume, done now because Teddy Bridgewater is coming to town. What's the reaction down there among Panthers fans? I don't know because I'm doing social distancing even more than I normally do. Uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, shut in here um, at my uh, my little my address, but from what I hear, Cam Newton t- uh, tweeted out or Instagrammed out, basically, look, stop the word play. I didn't want to be traded. This is the Panthers' decision. I loved it in the Carolinas. Now this has pulled the starter rope on. Uh, will he go to Washington, reunite with Coach Ron Rivera? Uh, Cam's legacy here is secure. It's just one of the, I mean, just one of the most gifted dual threat quarterbacks ever to draw air into his lungs. And from a business, from the business side, 
I mean, I think it's great news about Teddy Bridgewater, but Cam Newton is the one that, like Mick Jagger, front in the band. I mean, he's the one that people come to see strut about the stage. So it's it's the turning of a page, and it's going to be fascinating. You think he can still play? I mean, is is can he be can he get healthy and still play? I think so. I mean, why not? He's uh, he hadn't. I mean, his, his at this point, his football age is starting to catch up with his chronological age. And what I mean by that is since he hasn't hadn't played much the last couple of years, if he can get healthy, and he's, of course, all veganed up and lean and vascular, and as I told you last time, he looks like his body looks like it's sculpted out in some kind of art class over in Italy out of a big chunk of marble. I mean, it's incredible. So I think that... Um, I think he's still got – I could see him still winning. I could see him going somewhere and winning a championship. All right. Well, listen, Mick, uh, I'll save your number in my phone. Thank, thanks again for giving us some time on the show. Yeah, you guys hit me up, man. Anytime you need me, just holler at me. You have a good day. See you guys. And that is that for the Nightcap tonight. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. We've appreciated you. Hope you appreciated the show tonight. For Joe DiBiase, who is doing the show from the social distancing, the work distancing studios, also known as his house, I'm Derek Kramer. Thank you for hanging out with us here on the Nightcap. We'll be back with you again tomorrow night, because why not? Let's do this all over again. Howard and Jeremy, they take over at 6 a.m. You're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 